Hey, everybody. Welcome to season two of The Brown Print with me, Carrie Champion. And that's right. I said season two because this time around, there's a twist on The Brown Print. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with some really accomplished people, folks you've seen, maybe some folks you've never heard of before, but they always have one thing in common, how they were able to come back. I want you to be inspired. I want you to see people who are just like me and you, and they figured it out. I hope they act as a guide. I hope you feel as if you're being mentored. I hope, in fact, that you feel like you're getting direction. Welcome to season two of The Brown Print, The Comeback. I regret 2018. I wish that year just never happened. I would tell my parents I would go to gym, but then go to a friend's house. And if I did go to gym, I wouldn't practice. I would just sit there and maybe do like kicks. I do have to say for young girls out there, even girls like me now, speak up. The time that I went through, I felt like I was looking at the same wall every day. I was just in a box, dark. Mentally, I was just not there. Jordan Childs is an Olympic silver medalist and a member of UCLA's renowned gymnastics team. She quickly rose up the ranks and was designated an elite gymnast. And for a very long time, she was the only one in the state of Washington. However, in 2018, all of that quickly changed, or at least it almost changed. Jordan wanted to quit the sport altogether, but thanks to some good advice from teammate Simone Biles, she went on to bring home the silver medal for the U.S. at the 2020 Summer Olympics. In this episode of The Brown Print, Jordan shares her journey of struggle and overcoming adversity to become an Olympian. Please enjoy this episode of The Brown Print. So I want to tell you what you probably may know. I don't know. Um, you know, I went to UCLA. Uh, I am a, a very proud Bruin. Most recently, you won Pac-12, Freshman of the Week, and um, and I wanted to, or Standout of the Week. Was it Freshman? Yeah, both times it was Freshman, I think. Freshman of the Week. So here we are in 2022. You're winning Freshman of the Week, arguably one of the biggest stars, um, one of the most well-known, if not decorated, collegiate gymnastics teams in UCLA because it is the great UCLA, the University of California at Los Angeles. <laughs> but there was a time in which you were you were done with gymnastics. So let's begin there because I, I can't think of a time when I, I don't imagine you excelling at what you do or loving what you do. So why did you want to give this all up? So back in 2017, I had a very interesting situation that had happened with me and my coach. She was my coach ever since I was little and I didn't know how to really take what was happening at first because I thought it was just a quote unquote normal thing to do. Um, so during that time period, I started realizing what was going on and I really wanted to try to figure out how do I can focus on myself. So I told my parents, I was like, look, I don't think this sport is for me. I'm not getting the recognition I feel like I should be getting. I'm known as the underdog and I just want to be done. So I went through a whole year and a half, almost two years, really contemplating on what I wanted to do with gymnastics. So if we fast forward all the way to, I want to say 2018, I did, that was during world championships and I actually got some very encouraging words from my own teammate, my best friend Simone Biles, and she had told me 
this exact thing that I was trying to figure out on my on myself is you need to do things for yourself and you're very talented. You can do anything you put your mind to. So make sure you focus on what you want to do. And so I took that back with me. I was going through different types of emotions, anger, sadness, excitement. There was just a lot of things going on. But at that moment before I graduated, I had told my parents I wanted to move to Texas because I felt like that was going to be a better environment for me. And it did. It helped me a lot. And I'm where I am now. So your your best friend gave you some words of encouragement. So she, in short, she said, you just have to do everything for yourself if this is what you want to do. What did that look like? So help me break that down. For some, there's a young gymnast now listening to you and, and wishes she could be you and, and Simone, and she wants to know what that means. Do everything for yourself. What I mean by doing everything for yourself, I mean putting yourself first, making yourself happy, making sure you're taking time, putting time in place in a schedule for who you like, what you want to do. For me, a lot of the time it was taking naps. It was drawing. It was maybe going shopping. Like I just made sure I was taking time to myself and really focusing on who I wanted to be as a person. Yeah, I call it self-care. I've, I call it relaxing, unwinding. So you're not as yes. tight. Whatever makes you feel like there's no pressure in that moment. Yes. Um, and that is such great advice because most recently we watched um, what happened with Naomi Osaka and, and her saying that, you know, she didn't want to speak to the media because, you know, it really stressed her out and she was willing to take the fine for the French Open made me think it's so hard for you as an athlete to say you're not okay because the definition of an athlete in so many uncertain terms is someone who is a warrior, who is a comp competitor, someone who doesn't stop, they never give up. And both things can be true. I, I am all of those things, but I also need to take a nap and relax and do things yes. for myself. So I'm very proud of you for discovering that at such a young age. And that sets you up for what I like to say, this beautiful comeback, this this beautiful renaissance, if you will, where you, in fact, did not give up on gymnastics, went on to get a, a medal uh, in the Olympics, and then went to UCLA right there. I want you to talk about that, that season of your life, going to Tokyo, postponed because of COVID, obviously, but you still go there under these crazy restrictions and... So much happened. So much happened. You were the woman who told you to take a break and do things for <laughs> yourself. These to take a break on her own and Simone Biles and Simone's yes. like, I'm going to take my break. And guess what, best friend, you're going to step up for me. Walk me through that whole process because it's, it's poetry in motion, if you will. There was so much going on from that moment on. I wish I could give you the full on like, oh, I remember every single piece. Yeah. Um, yeah. For you guys, it probably felt like oh my gosh, this is taking forever, probably for like 10 minutes. For me, it was literally three seconds. And I was like, this is crazy. What am I supposed to do? In that moment, I went back to all the aches and pains and the reality of who I was becoming and really wanted to show this is Jordan. Jordan didn't just be put on this team because of her sport. She was put on this team because of how strong and confident she is. And so in that moment of putting myself into her shoes. I was devastated. I can tell you that. I was very devastated. I was scared. I didn't know what to expect whatsoever. 
but also I was also emotional. I wanted to do this competition with her. I wanted to have her by my side, knowing we've been through a lot together leading up to the Olympics. So in that moment, I really just told myself, Jordan, go out there, do what you know you can do. You're an amazing person, like just in general, don't, don't let anybody else tell you otherwise and just show the world who you are. And so throughout that whole time of me competing, it was all a blur. But at the end of the day, I was like, I did it. I told myself, I was like, I did it. But a side note, at the end of the competition, before we got our medals, I started crying. And Simone had asked me why. And I told her, I disappointed you. Because it wasn't, I still ended like on floor. It wasn't how I wanted to end it. So I felt like I disappointed her. And she had told me, she said, you didn't disappoint me. She said, you went out there and basically redeemed yourself. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And so from there on, I was like, I can't keep doubting myself as a person because I just put myself in somebody else's shoes on the hugest platform there is in the world. That's like an amen, like a hallelujah (laughs) speech, like right there. Well, you, and then to think of the pressure here you are. Um, and I, you know, you're still so very young. You still have so much to prove and so much to do in life and so many careers to have. And it felt like what I know was the weight of the world on your shoulders because all eyes were on Tokyo and what was happening. And there were so many think pieces about it. And here you pop up under this amazing pressure and you did well, you know, you really did. And I'm glad that you were there to represent us in such an amazing way. And by us, I mean, women, I mean, athletes, I mean, black folks. I mean, we really, really were so very proud of you. And when you know that you had all of that encouragement waiting for you at home, how did that make you feel? I felt so amazed. At first, when I came home, I was like, I don't know what people are going to think of me. I don't know if Hmm. they're going to think I'm a failure. I don't know if they're going to think she didn't deserve to be on that team. She's a disappointment. So there's a lot of emotions going through my head when I got home. But when I saw all the love, the support, the encouraging words, people telling me that I saved others, like there was just a lot of different emotions that came out of people that I wasn't expecting. So I was just beyond happy and joyful. And my heart was like very warm in that circumstance. And I was just, I was in awe. I really was. But I thank everybody from the people who have been my fans since I was little all the way until now. And that's just been a huge thing for me is definitely the support I got when I came home. Oh, that's beautiful. Sometimes humans are nice. We can be good people sometimes, right? (laughs) Yes, sometimes. Sometimes (laughs) sometimes earth is the ghetto, but sometimes we can be really good people. Yes. (laughs) I'm so glad that um, you've received this type of welcome, which you deserve. Let's then get into something that I think was really highlighted, um, like I said, with with Naomi Osaka, but we saw it at the Olympics in a huge way with Simone. Um, what kind of pressure do you think you put on yourself that that isn't that isn't healthy that you're that you're learning to put aside now? Because no matter how trendy it is, self-care is a big deal and taking care of yourself is important and mental health is important and everyone's talking about it. So so what's this pressure that you put on yourself that's not healthy that you're learning to put aside? For me, pressure wasn't a huge thing. Mine was more of expectation. The expectation of walking into the gym, the expectation of being a certain way. So a lot of the knowledge of me having 
pressure was expectation. But for me, honestly, I had to put the disappointment away. I always, that's always been in my head is, okay, if I go out here, am I going to disappoint somebody? If I do this, that, and the other, are they going to be like, oh, she's a disappointment? So I had to put disappointment to the side. I still kind of struggle with it till this day, but I have taken that advantage of knowing you're not a disappointment. You learn lessons and you're going to keep learning lessons, but also achieve some of those lessons that you have learned. So those, those are a huge thing, but the talk of what's going on now is definitely mental health. That we, the fact is we literally have amazing people who have amazing voices who are able to speak about mental health and just be able to be those advocates to the younger generation to understand that yes, self care is something that you need to do in order to succeed and be the person you want to be and conquer in life because that's something that a lot of people want to see. Self-care is so important. Mental health, so important. Nothing to be ashamed of, no stigma. Um, but you said you had to put aside disappointment. Now, well, that, my, let me tell you something. Have you figured that out? Because I need you to bottle it and, and sell it <laughs> because <laughs> that is life. Every day, you know, you try to, to to make peace with what you feel is disappointing or maybe disappointing others. That's far, that's far more um, deep than just being mad at yourself. Disappointment is really uh, a range of emotions. Do you think that since you decided to stay outside of the Olympics, since you've been at UCLA as a gymnast decorated program, everyone knows about it. Um, have you experienced any disappointment there? I would probably have to say the first meet I competed, it didn't go how I wanted it to go. And so in that moment, Although people were telling me, oh, my gosh, she's still amazing. Yes, she came from the Olympics and she did go to college. Like, this is so crazy. For me, it was like, yes, I did come from the Olympics and I didn't do the meet I needed to do. So that was more mm -hmm. of me telling myself I just disappointed the whole entire world. So I did have moments like that. But now that I have realized, like, you're going to forever be an Olympian. You're going to forever be still known as Jordan Childs. So let's step out of that platform and go to a new chapter of you being Jordan Childs in the college atmosphere. And so I've taken that disappointment and I've thrown it behind my shoulders and honestly had to configure a new way of making sure I'm okay. Because a while, a whole while, I was making sure everybody was happy and they were doing their things and I was over here kind of in that, what am I doing phase. Wow. Wow. That's, that's a lot because yeah, I'm like, listen, if I would have been an Olympian, don't tell your mom I said this. <laughs> I don't know about going to college. I take this Olympic ride. I'm like, I don't want to do that school thing with them no more. So, <laughs> so here you are, <laughs> here you are. Um, you're coming off the Olympics. You decide to go to college. I often think this about athletes, tennis players, gymnasts, athletes in general that are very, that are, that are no, that know from a young age, they're special. Their socialization skills, right? Like, how do you socialize? Now that you're in college, was it difficult to socialize? Is it difficult to socialize with with the kids, if you will, other other friends there? I would probably say no. It's not difficult to socialize because I also did go to high school. I did K through twelve, and I went to school. It's very rare as an elite athlete to do that. But I told my mom that was a problem for me. I couldn't do online school. I had to socialize. Like I had to put myself out there. So definitely now that I've gotten older and I've been by myself for three years, I kind of 
did put myself like in a situation of, yeah, I, I feel good being by myself, but I do go out. I do hang out with friends. I meet new people almost every day. And mm-hmm. it's not, it's not bad. Like I love socializing. I love being able to have people ask me, Hey, do you want to go to lunch or do you want to go study here? Or do you want to go to a movie? So there's been a lot of times where I've had that ability just to socialize with not just athletes, but also students. Oh, that's good. That's good to know. I, I, I ask you that with this question in mind, you know, as um, a journalist, right. And I was uh, one of a few black female sports journalists for a very long time at a very big network. And it felt as if I had the weight of the world on my shoulders in ways where I felt like I had to represent for other brown girls. You know what I mean? And I look at you at UCLA and I know that you all had some issues earlier on this year with the student. We don't have to get into that, um, who ended up leaving the team. But do you ever feel, Jordan, that as a black gymnast, you represent a lot more than just being out there and performing? What does that look like for you? And I would I don't want to say my time, but during the time of me being a gymnast, an athlete, just even a person, there wasn't a lot of African-Americans people of color and so I for me thought it was normal but as I got older I started realizing I wasn't getting scored the same or I wasn't getting looked at the same and so I had to really hone in on trying to figure out so why is this such a huge thing because I I went to an all-white school I thought it was normal I thought (laughs) I was going to school with everybody else like it's normal although there was only four of us there Mm -hmm. so for me realizing all those things were happening, I just had to go back to what my mom used to tell me. She used to say, Jordan, look, you're beautiful in your own skin. You have butt, you have hips, you have a curvy body, you have different hair, but I want you to embrace that because little girls are going to look up to you in that way and be as comfortable Mm -hmm. as they can. So that's what I've done in the whole time period of my elite and human life that I've done. So that's kind of how I've been able just to realize, okay, these people are going to look at me no matter what. I'm different. (laughs) And that's just it. And you have to embrace it. You know, it's so funny. You say, um, I, you know, I got, I got this and I have that. I'm all like, check, check, check. Everybody's trying to buy that. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Everybody wants that. So there's nothing but, there's nothing but compliments that come from that. If we're being, if I'm being honest, when you think you're like, everybody want a bud, everybody want my lips, everybody want to get hair. I I went in with hair, got hair like yours today. You know what I mean? Like you were, you were all, you were all the things. Um, And (laughs) it's, it's a, and it is a beautiful thing to see. I want to know if you now can talk about, I mean, I, I'm going to go back to this relationship that you have with Simone, because I was thinking of something that you said to me. I couldn't imagine what that, those conversations were like uh, during the Olympics. How are you guys training over? I mean, how are you preparing in 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 Tokyo? Because we know what was going on there. They're, it, they were still very much under a pandemic. It was, seemed like it was tough, like you couldn't really leave and and move. we still are in a pandemic, but you couldn't really move around. Did that help you all's relationship? You guys bonded more because you only had each other, right? In that in that small little radius. Yeah, definitely would say we all, not even just me and Simone, but definitely the whole entire team, um, we bonded very well. Literally would go to each other's rooms because we couldn't do anything because right. of the pandemic. <laughs> we couldn't even walk down the street. <laughs> so for us, 
I definitely would say, I mean, you probably saw the TikToks of us doing crazy things. And that was just because we knew in order for us to be able to last as long as we did with a pandemic, we had to have fun with everything. So that's what we did. We had fun. We colored. Our practices were very interesting because we couldn't like, like, we still had to stay six feet apart with like masks on, even though we're around each other. And it was just like, how are we supposed to do this? It was like in and out. It was, it was crazy, but I do have to say, <laughs> I honestly like enjoy those moments. I loved, I loved those memories that we had because we, we laughed a lot. I don't think I've ever laughed that much in my life with those girls. I have two follow up questions. You said you guys colored. What did you all color? So me and Sue. You mean like coloring books? Yeah, like coloring books. Like we had coloring oh, okay. books. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> Me and Suni, almost every night I would, um, she was my roommate in the first hotel we stayed at before we got closer to the actual competition and we had moved to a different hotel. So mm-hmm. we, every night after dinner, we would go, I'd be like, okay, so what, what page are we coloring? Cause I had like an animal one and she had like some cool, like flowers and all that stuff. And I, we would watch, I don't even remember what we were watching. But we would just watch a Netflix show and start coloring. Because I think also for us, it kind of calms us down in a way. Uh, yeah. So it like calms us down, making sure like we can relax because we know that we have practice or meet the next day. Wait a second. Listen to this tip you just gave the world. Uh, in order to calm down, why not color? And that actually makes a lot of sense. It just takes your It's a, it's a simple place where it takes your mind and you can yep. just quiet everything. Yep. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> I've done okay. that. I've done that ever since I was little. I've colored. I that's actually how I figured out I could draw. I would just draw my thoughts out. I don't know why that was a thing, but I figured out I could draw. I could paint. It just for some reason it's very relaxing. Don't have to think. All right. I'm okay. Let me order. Let me head to Amazon and order my um, books right now. <laughs> You also said you guys practice six feet apart, but you were still in the same space and you had to work. I, I, I can't even imagine what that looks like. So what's the social distancing practice look like? Not that you all have to touch one another, but what's a, it's not like it's basketball, right? No. Or boxing, if you will. But what, what does this social distancing look like as a gymnast training for the Olympics? So basically like if we obviously have chalk buckets, so around the chalk bucket, like one of us would have to chalk up really fast or something because it's our turn or like we'll have to stand not so close to the apparatus, like the beam or the floor. Like we had to spread out, spread out around the floor. So it, that's kind of how it was. Um, like with the alternates, we couldn't really like warm up in the same line as the alternates. So it was like half of like the team was on one side and then the alternates were on the other side of the floor. So it was just like, I don't know. It was crazy, but we did it. We did it. We survived. <laughs> You're like, this is, I, you know, and you do what this pandemic has taught me that you have to be creative in all ways. Um, what was one of your biggest takeaways? And obviously we're still in a pandemic, but what's been one of your biggest takeaways? What have you had to adjust to that's changed you? So I always say puzzles. So I think of my life as a puzzle and Every single puzzle has its reason and its award. And each puzzle that I have created has been able to fit into each other. So with the pandemic and being at the Olympics kind of fit into my puzzle in a way of understanding your life is your life. 
and you shouldn't regret it. And that's what I got knowing I literally went to the Olympics during a pandemic and we came out with an amazing award and not to really hone in on something that I may have done days before and just take those pieces I have done amazing and move on with my life. That is a beautiful sentiment to have. I, I, I then it would, I would be remiss if I did not ask 2024. 2024. Oh my goodness. This has been a question. A lot of people have asked. Um, it's definitely been in my mind. It was in my mind after qualifications at, in Tokyo. And I'm going to try. I'm going to try for 24. But this year I am trying for worlds as well. So. That's going to be a huge thing. But for 24, for me, physically, I know I can do it. But mentally, I want to make sure I can put myself into a whole Olympic journey all over again. And so I'm just, I've been taking it day by day, month by month, just to make sure I'm mentally prepared. Yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be interesting. Be, you know, no, I just think for me and everyone enjoys the Olympics very differently, but for me, they're just the summer, the summer Olympics are like none other, you know, winter Olympics are great, but I, I prefer the summer Olympics and all eyes are definitely on swim, obviously gymnastics and track. And we pay attention to that in such a way here in America. That's really mm -hmm. interesting. And stars are born and names are created and profiles mm -hmm. are raised, you know, after these events. And there's always, you know, a scandal, an issue, uh, something develops during yes. uh, that time. And that, and then you all find yourself, you know, the center of the conversation as mentioned, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So now, now we go on past 2024 because we don't know yet. You're definitely going to try. It's still out there. It's living in our world. I want to talk about what does life look for you, look like for you after you graduate? What have you decided that I may want to be? Do you have an idea? Is it a doctor or is it a lawyer? Is it a singer? Have you ever thought I'm making up something? I don't know. Hey, if I could sing, if I could sing, yes, definitely. I would become an artist real quick. Um, but unfortunately I cannot sing. So Okay. Um, I actually want to become a businesswoman. Hmm. I business has ran in my family for a long generation of time like it's been a very long time and i just want to be able to show different sides of me um my sport i love the fashion world i'm also a musician i know how to play music um what else there's like a bunch of different things to me that i just want to be able to show but as a businesswoman i want to be able to hopefully open up storefronts and just be able to entertain others in a different way than i did with my sport so mm. that's what I decided to do. I'm actually studying business econ, which is the hardest thing to ever do in college. Yo, so good. God bless you. <laughs> econ is no joke. So good luck with that. <laughs> so you, that's, goodness. That's, I know everybody's been telling me that, but I like Ugh. challenge. I like challenges. So I'm really like all about challenges. Like I'm going to get this challenge. I'm, I'm definitely going to do it. So yeah. And then hopefully, you know, after becoming a businesswoman, I want to go into real estate. I love, mm -hmm. I love buildings. I just love being able to design things and make it basically how others want it, but also add a little twist of your own to it. Right. So. Oh, well, that's beautiful. And I, from my understanding, tell me if this is still, you had a clothing line or do you still melon and drip clothing? Do you still I, have that? 
I still have melaningia clothing, but as of right now, it is on hold because because you may be busy. Yes, I've been very busy. (laughs) (laughs) I've been very busy. No, you know, I'm not a I'm not a student athlete or anything. No, no biggie. (laughs) Um, But yes. That 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 was my first baby, and hopefully um, she'll get back up and running again here pretty soon. But yes, I do have a clothing line. That's the start of the businesswoman that we already see. And I told you that, you know, who knows? You have so, I mean, I feel I'm excited for you. This is a, a time you. of unknowns and you have so many things that you can accomplish. I am most proud of the fact that you are a Bruin. And I just want to tell you that you made that quite frankly, might be the best decision you ever made in your entire life. <laughs> it's been it's been my dream school since I was in eighth grade. Hey, I love it. OK, good. I'm glad I'm going to tell yes. you. I'll, I'll be up on camp. I'm going to I'm seriously I'm going to come on, cam- on campus. This has nothing to do with the podcast and meet you in person <laughs> because it would be my I'm down. pleasure. I'm down. OK, I'm down. Right. Come into, I'll tell tell uh, my coaches that you got to come into the gym. Yeah, it's Coach Waller, right? Yes. Is he? Is he? Yeah. So he can tell him I'm heading up there, and I also tell the AD. I chat with the AD a lot, so I'm going to make okay. my way up there Sounds just good. to watch you and witness history. So let me ask you this, Jordan: Do you have advice for young girls who want to be in gymnastics? What would you tell them in terms of getting started um, for ultimate success? I would say gymnastics is a very hard sport. So putting your mind into a sport is the first thing. I would say, but also to understand that dedication is key for gymnastics. So if you are going to start something so huge, I would say really focus on if this is something you want to do for the rest of your life, because gymnastics isn't a thing where you can start and stop and start and stop. So I would just say like to the younger generation, put yourself in a mindset of, okay, this is what I want to do. Meaning like you can't, you can't start and stop. Although you did take a break, but you didn't stop practicing is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. So you just got to be dedicated. This is time consuming. Yeah, this is very, very time consuming. But also to the parents, I would also say if your child does not want to do a sport or gymnastics in part, like in general, it is okay. Because I know there's a lot of children's parents who have dealt with things like that where their parents just hone in on them saying no you have to do this you have to do this but it's okay parents it is all good your child (laughs) will find another sport or whatever they're doing because I mean I've I've told I've told a bunch of parents they've asked me like how do I keep my child in my their sport gymnastics or football or whatever do they want to do it that's what I always Mm -hmm. ask tell them do they want to do the sport because they're not going to want to do the sport if you're telling them they want to do it. That's so interesting. I can hear my mom. She want to do it. She just don't know it yet. You know how parents yes. are. Yes. Uh, so you're saying to them, let the child pick and choose because yes. they'll have the opportunity. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty solid. Because usually at this age, especially for tennis and especially for gymnastics, you do it so young. It's You have to have golf as well. You have to have mm-hmm. the parents' consent, you know, if you really, yeah. really want to be great at it. Okay, Jordan, thank you. Uh, Thank you. The Jordan Takeaways. Here's something you didn't know that we forgot to mention. Did you know she was named after Michael Jordan? Just just FYI, so you know what type of Olympian and athlete we're dealing with. Uh, One of the things that Jordan shared with us today, I thought that was very important, was the importance of self-care. 
She says that when she wanted to walk away from gymnastics, one of her dear friends, best friend, if you will, Simone Biles, said, you have to take care of yourself. That's all that matters. Take care of yourself. And it came full circle in Tokyo Olympics because when Simone had to take care of herself, she asked Jordan to step up and take her place. Can you imagine someone telling you that self-care is the most important thing you can do for yourself? And when Simone needed a break, her best friend Jordan was there because she took Simone's advice. Also embracing you. No matter what you look like, no matter what you sound like, you are you, you are uniquely created as yourself. Being a black athlete in a sport that doesn't look like you sometimes can make you feel a little insecure. And Jordan said she had to learn at a very young age to embrace all that she is in her unique, beautiful blackness. Her butt, her hair, her face, her style, her walk, all of that truly encompassed what she is as an athlete. And she must embrace it despite what society might say. And last but not least, listen, here's the advice. If in fact you want to be an athlete, a world-class athlete, an elite athlete, be committed. It will take everything that you have. It requires a full-time commitment. All of these things, Jordan said, she had to deal with as a young athlete. And her advice to others who want to be gymnasts, but more importantly to parents, please let your child choose their dream. If they want to play, let them play. If they don't, don't force it. Sounds like a wise young lady to me. So that's it for this week's episode of The Brown Print. Let's keep this conversation going online. That's where you can keep it a buck, as the kids say. Follow us on Instagram at The Brown Print Podcast or on Twitter at Brown Print Pod. Follow me, Carrie Champion, on IG and Twitter. Just at my name, Carrie Champion. And if you enjoyed this episode, which I'm sure you will, share it with your friends and family and help spread the word. We'd greatly appreciate it also if you showed us some love by leaving a five-star rating and a positive review. Only positive reviews, please. The Brown Print is a Gallery Media Group original production.